Um, we're going to start the Lord's Prayer tonight. We, we were already a week into our prayer series coming into tonight, but we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. And I have a feeling for a lot of us, prayer is kind of something that we're familiar with, right? Even if, even if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, you've probably prayed before. Like you, you maybe would find yourself praying at, at just certain times in life when it's like, you just, you just hope that, that God hears you. Um, and even, even for people of like other religions, right? Like prayer isn't necessarily like only for Christianity. Other religions pray. People in other religions pray. Even folks who would probably say like, I don't even believe in God. If you actually ask them, have you ever prayed like since you've chosen to not believe in God? They would actually probably say yes, which is kind of interesting, right? Like prayer, prayer is something that people do regardless of kind of their religious affiliation. And now, as, as I'm like coming up here to talk to you about prayer, this week I was kind of thinking about how if someone, if someone came up to me on the street and asked me like, what's your five most favorite things to do in life? Honestly, I don't think prayer would have even like bounced around in my mind as like one of the five that I might say. Because usually when I'm like, asked a question like that, I just make it up anyways, but, but prayer wouldn't probably have even come across my mind. And I don't know if you would say the same thing, but like sometimes, sometimes prayer maybe isn't the thing that you find yourself doing in your free time. Like there's, there's a lot of other things kind of vying for your attention, things that are kind of just nagging at you, wanting to kind of pull you in, things that you do for your own entertainment. There's all kinds of things that we consume, we spend our time doing when we don't have to be doing other things, prayer most likely isn't one of those things. Like, how, how do you enjoy prayer? How do, you, how do you get to the point of enjoying prayer so much that you, you do it when, like, you could choose to do anything else? How in the world does prayer become enjoyable? Because I think for so many people, right, prayer just kind of feels like, kind of like work. Like, it, it almost feels like, at times, I'm sure maybe you would agree in your life, you've questioned, like, God, are you really hearing me? Like, is what I'm praying actually affecting reality? What if I told you that starting to enjoy prayer actually has to do with what you do in starting your prayers? Like, what, what's on your heart and what's on your mind as you begin to pray? So tonight we're going to open up to Matthew 6. And then start the Lord's Prayer. We're just going to be in the first couple lines. And this prayer, I'm assuming a lot of us actually kind of know. You might not even consider it as like a Bible verse, but you probably actually have it memorized. Like you actually have one more Bible verse memorized than you, you realize. Congratulations. Um, in my church kind of upbringing, this was actually um, a prayer that pretty much every single Sunday was recited. And if you remember last week, the, the kind of main warning that, that Jesus has for us in the, in the passage we were in last week above this in Matthew 6 is, is to actually like not pray in such a way that you're heaping up empty phrases, heaping up empty prayers. And the most ironic thing is, is this prayer for a lot of kind of Christian religious people has turned into perhaps like the most, the most kind of repetitive empty heap of a prayer. It was, it was for me at least growing up. Like this prayer 
honestly wasn't actually a, a prayer that I prayed. It's just something that, like it was just this tradition that was practiced. It was, it was this re- religious duty that was performed. But this is, this is the Lord's Prayer. Like this is, this is how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Using this prayer as kind of this model prayer to be how we should pray. To, to structure our prayers. So there is, there is something here for us tonight. I believe Jesus actually wants to teach us how to enjoy prayer. Do you guys want that? I want that for you. I want that for me. So let's do this. All right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. We got one verse tonight. My Bible's trying to flip the page on me. Okay. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We're going to spend just a little bit of time looking at just the first four words, okay? Our Father in heaven. What this means, what this kind of means for us practically. Three things that I think Jesus telling us we can pray in this way means for us. And guys, I think these three things are actually central to our enjoyment in prayer. The first thing is actually to embrace God as your father. So if you're taking notes, embrace God as your father. If you're a Christian, you are a part of the family of God. Like you've been adopted by him through putting your faith in Jesus. And God has put his spirit into your heart to testify to this reality that that you're his that you belong to him. And so because of Jesus, you have a personal relationship with God. Now you guys, the Jews that, that Jesus was teaching in this Sermon on the Mount, that he, was, that he was giving this teaching to, they wouldn't have actually believed that it was possible to have a personal relationship with God. Certainly, like they would have had a lot of things right about God. They would have known so many things about God. They would have understood so much of the Old Testament. They would have, they would have known how big and powerful God is. They would, have, they would have had a lot of things right. But the fact that Jesus is telling them, you can pray and call God your Father, would have actually been a really weird thing for them. It would have actually been a, a completely new kind of paradigm shift. It would have been a new viewpoint. Like previously, they wouldn't have even believed they could, they could get so far as to call God, Father, but that's exactly what Jesus is teaching them here. Now, guys, this means, first of all, that nothing is too small to ask God. Like, how cool is that? Nothing is too small to ask God. I've been a father for like just over a year now. My son's name's Archie. Some of you all know him. Some of you even ask me like every day if he's like hanging out around here. No, he's not here tonight. Um, But, guys, the more that like the more days that Archie's alive, the more he knows of me. The more he, he actually understands like why he can come to me, who I am to him. He comes now like walking and stumbling towards me when he, when he wants comfort, when his teeth are hurting, when he's smacked his head on something, he comes to me and I pick him up. And so like as he's growing and, and understanding who I am, the older he gets, the more he sees that I actually have a, a love for him, a care for him, that, that when he was younger, that actually wasn't something that he kind of realized I probably had for him. It's taken kind of this growing up in his life to, to bring that about. 
the older he gets, he wants more of my attention. Like he, he actually wants me to like play with him. He wants me because he's realized I have a love for him. And you guys, this is the same fatherly relationship that God wants you to embrace with him. Only it's, it's a perfect one. He is a perfect father. He wants you to know more of who he is. And that means like if we grow in that, we're actually going to be people who come to him often, who want to talk to him often. And that's, like, if we're honest, going to look like us coming to him when, when we're, like, just stumbling, when we're messy, when we're not presentable before God. But the fact that God can be called Father, that we can know him as Father, means we can come to him, and he is offering us this relationship that's personal. A, one, a relationship that has life, and forgiveness, acceptance, inheritance. He is offering you adoption as sons and daughters. Adoption into his family through faith in Jesus. How are, how are you growing in that relationship with your Heavenly Father? Do you talk to him regularly? Because, like, believer, God, God has proven that he wants you. When you, were, when you were lost, he revealed his son to you. When, you. when you strayed, he chased you down. And he wants nothing more for you than just for you to enjoy knowing him and getting to spend time talking with him through prayer. But what if you've had a really bad earthly father? Like, what if, what if tonight actually you are coming in with, with baggage, with with hurt and, and brokenness from, from a father who actually just didn't treat you well, who maybe wasn't present or who, who has actually abused you. And, and Jesus saying here that you can call God Father actually doesn't sit that well with you. Like it doesn't, it doesn't actually sound like something you might want. And I just first want to say, like, I am, I'm deeply sorry that that was your earthly father, that you, you had a father like that. And I, I don't know all of your stories. I don't know your pain. I don't actually know the brokenness and the baggage that you're coming in with and the, the particular reasons why you might not want to call God father, why that might not sit that well with you. And at the same time, what I can tell you is that the brokenness that you have experienced is not something that God is unaware of. And it's, it's something that God is not like actually approving of. It does not align with his desire for the family. Let me tell you that God designed fatherhood to actually image him, to reflect him. And yet every earthly father falls short of that standard. Every earthly father does. I'm sorry if that was your father. But what I want for you is to, to actually come to see what Jesus is offering you through this. Like, first of all, Jesus didn't say in his teaching on prayer, in the Lord's Prayer here, that we must start by saying, holy God. Though that's true of God. God is holy. He did not start by saying the prayer, pray then like this. Loving creator, supreme creator. He didn't say that. No, he said our Father, we get to call the God of the universe 
Father. God is offering you the love and acceptance that you actually were looking for in, in your father, in your earthly father. But that, and that was a right thing to be looking for and to, to desire. But he is the only one that can perfectly satisfy that desire. We get to call the supreme creator, the loving creator, Father. And he will never leave you or forsake you. You can embrace God tonight as your father. And I, I do need to tell you this, though. Out, out, of, out of love and a desire for you to know the father and what he's offering you, that you actually can't just have Jesus and not the father. Like, you can't just believe in Jesus and not really ever want God to be your father. Because the, the thing is, is that Jesus came to die for a people the Father had given him. He died to ransom a people the Father had given him out of the world. To belong to Jesus is to belong to the Father. Jesus and the Father are one. But I promise, if you come, if you come to him, if you come to him tonight, he will satisfy your soul. He will bring healing to your brokenness. No other person in the universe can do that for you. Jesus is the way to the Father, and, and the Father won't let you down. So that's number one. Embrace God as your Father. Second one is stop trying to perform. Stop trying to, for, to perform. If I told you right now to just actually like circle up in groups of five and pray for the next ten minutes, what would happen is only some of you in each group would pray, I think. And that's just, that's reality. Like, that would happen in all kinds of Christian gatherings, right? Only some people in these little clusters would pray. And one of the reasons I think that's probably the case is because if, if you didn't pray, you're more than likely so concerned with either what other people are thinking of you that you're not going to pray out loud. Or you're not even really sure if you're praying right at all for God. That you're not, you're not sure if he actually approves of how you're praying. Or maybe it's both. But you guys, God approves of you. He is a father who loves you and wants you to talk to him. There is no such thing as like the right way to pray. Okay? Like just pray what you've got. Prayer is not a performance for God or for anyone else. It's, it's you talking to your father. It's a conversation. And so, like, the reason that you might not pray in, in a group setting is because you, you're looking just too much at yourself and what other people might be thinking of you. Like, think of it, think of it this way. If, if your earthly father and you were just, like, in a public place, you wouldn't actually think twice about, like, having a conversation when other people are within earshot of you guys. That would, that would just be kind of a natural thing for you to do. You know him. He knows you. This is a normal thing. It doesn't need to be any different with, with God. He, as, as a loving father, wants you to, to just embrace talking with him. He is not critiquing you as you pray, going, I don't like how you said that. I can't believe you said that. Just pray what you've got. Prayer is talking to your heavenly Father. That's a uniquely Christian thing. A uniquely Christian thing about prayer. You have complete, unhindered access to God because of Jesus. So stop trying to perform. 
Number three, remember who your father is. Remember who your father is. Remember that your father is the transcendent God of the universe, that, that he is the God who created the earth and all that fills it, that he's not so full of himself that he doesn't pay regard to you. No, he is he's actually with you. Prayer is not going to be enjoyable if you don't know God and believe in God as your father. If you don't know God's character, that actually might be a reason why you, you don't pray all that often. Prayer won't be enjoyable if you don't know other things about God than, than just kind of like who he is in, in your opinion. But if, if you actually are shaped by God's revealed word in the Bible, you will pray. You will enjoy prayer. If you don't know God's power and his faithfulness, prayer will be of little value to you. You guys, the whole first half of the Lord's Prayer is actually, is actually focused on God, not on man. It's focused on asking things of God and praising God for who he is, not on man. So Jesus is putting things into order for us, helping us to remember first who God is. And according to Jesus, we are supposed to pray that his name be hallowed. Hallowed be your name. We don't really say that word that much, do we? We don't go around just saying like, hey, I'm Kyler, nice to meet you. Yeah, hallowed be your name too. Yep. Like that's not a thing we do. We don't use this word. What does it mean? It means to make holy or to sanctify, to, to regard as worth something great, to be, to be worshipped, to be set apart. We are asking God something in this. Like it's, we're remembering who God is, but we're saying, God, make your name great. Your translation might say, it might say like, let your name be treated with reverence. And so what we're asking God to do is to help us worship him as infinitely worth more than everything else. And some of what, some of what actually God's name being hallowed looks like is, is what Jesus gets to in the next couple lines of the Lord's Prayer, which we're going to get to next week. So I'm not going to dive into that. But God is already holy, right? Like he, he can't even like get more holy because he's infinite in holiness. He has always been holy. So like why do we pray this? Why, why do we pray God make your name holy when there's like he's so holy? But you know what actually could change? Because God's unchanging. You know what could change? Is more people could regard him as holy. More people could live in such a way that shows that he is holy, that, that they honor him with their lives. As we ask God to make his name holy, there's a sense in which we're asking God to make us holy. Because we are the ones who reflect him and, and worship him for who he is. And God deserves more worship than he gets in the world. See, one of the, one of the just most startling realities is the fact that millions of God's image bearers don't pay reference to him, don't regard him as holy. And so praying this is asking God to change us, to make us holy. 
But that is something that actually we can, we can misplace the motivation for. Like we can, we can strive to make ourselves acceptable to God and miss actually the motivation and the empowerment that he has given us to, to walk in holiness and to be holy like he is holy. If we truly mean it when we say, hallowed be your name, God. That, that's not just an out there thing, that's an in here thing, in my heart thing. We're asking him to make his name great. But the motivation for us to reflect him and to worship him and to live holy lives is actually what he has done for us. You guys, the, the craziest thing is, is God was willing to be treated in such a way that was completely opposite to this. He would, he would actually come down from heaven for you and would be totally willing to be treated not like his name being hallowed, not like with reverence and with honor, but actually for his name to be treated with scorn and contempt, to be beaten and mocked, to be put on a cross for, for your sins and for my sins, to, to pay the penalty for the rebellion against him and against his holiness. And living like you acknowledge God's name is holy only comes through accepting what he has done for you. Only is motivated by what he's done for you on the cross. It's that transaction, it's that payment for your sins that actually adopts you into God's family and allows you to call God Father if you put your faith in that, if you accept that gift. But if, if you don't accept that gift, like all you can do is accumulate more knowledge of God and not actually grow in a relationship with God. Like those are two completely different things, aren't they? Knowing a lot about God and, and actually knowing God. If, if you don't accept him as your father, Prayer is actually going to feel like something that like, God's distant in. You might actually end up not praying all that much in your life, not enjoying prayer because you don't have the Father. God will feel distant if you haven't accepted his love and his, his fatherly care. You end up in a completely different place as somebody who prays. Like, even if you choose to, to not accept what God has done for you in Christ and still pray, those are two different realities. Like, the, the, the hope that you have trying to get God to hear you, if you don't come to Jesus, is, is completely different. It's, it's all focused on what you are worth to God. If you've done enough for God, You'll only be hoping that, that God will actually hear your prayer in a time of need and just kind of recall, or not recall for that matter, like when, when the last time you prayed was. And that doesn't sound like enjoyable prayer to me. You could, you could kind of think of it this way. There's two different ways to approach prayer. Two, two different ways, one being enjoyable, one not. There's this, there's this race in my, in my hometown 
called Pier de Peak. Okay? It's a half marathon, and it's actually dubbed the world's toughest half marathon. And the reason that it's dubbed the world's toughest half marathon is that actually it's like all uphill. It's a gradual uphill for like the first couple miles, and then right after that, the rest of the half marathon, so like I think it's like seven more miles from this point, is like straight up this gruesome mountain. It's, it's up this mountain and it gets hot and people, like a lot of people don't finish the race. A lot of people just quit. A lot of people walk. Like no one actually, I don't think, like ever just like runs the whole thing without stopping. A lot of people just end up walking. They quit running. And you know what is actually like where the, where the start line is for this race? It's at the beach, okay? It's at the beach. And at the start, the runners take off and they, they leave the beach behind them. And just to put this kind of race into perspective a little bit more, this race is so hard. It's so steep. It's so gruesome that like a, a really, a fairly good average male runner would do a half marathon in like 70 minutes, so an hour and 10 minutes. This race would take that same dude another half an hour. It would take him an hour and 40 minutes, and that's the same exact distance. The same exact distance, but it's like all uphill. That doesn't sound all that fun, does it? Just like slogging up the hill. The ocean is far more enjoyable than just like drudging up this hill, right? In the same way, instead of taking off running up the mountain of hoping that God would hear your prayers for what you can do for him. Hoping that he would hear your prayers and, and actually be pleased with you. You can turn around. Like you don't actually have to start that race. You can go a different direction and you can enjoy swimming in the ocean that is the endless love and mercy of God. Like one that actually doesn't require any kind of like exertion and, and doubt of yourself. One, one is complete enjoyment. The other is this thing that like I don't know why people pay money to go and experience it. There's two directions that you can go with prayer. You guys, if prayer, if prayer is like as enjoyable to you as running up a super steep hill, you might have missed what God is offering you, that he is a good father. You might have actually not accepted that he is a loving father. Your prayer life might not be shaped by God being your father. And Jesus is inviting you into that relationship. One that's full of joy in knowing God as your father. This this needs to shape our prayer life. Like God being our Father is so central to the enjoyment of our prayers. And you could put it this way to enjoy prayer, start with God. To enjoy prayer, start with God. Like this prayer is not the only way to pray. You guys know that, right? Like this, this isn't the only thing you can pray from here on out. But this is this is actually like Jesus' example for us. These are some great bones to shape your prayers around, to structure your prayer, to start with God. Like what, what this actually could look like practically is you just starting your prayers with saying, saying, God, you are blank. Like God, you are great. You are awesome. You are merciful. Whatever attribute of God that you want to thank him for and exclaim that he is, you start with. God, you are 
You could start with our Father. Or you could pray to Jesus. You could pray to the Holy Spirit. You can pray to the Father. There is, there is not like a set way to pray. But if prayer is not enjoyable, you might have missed God being your loving Father who wants a relationship with you. So start with, with God you are. Start your prayers with God. Last week, Jordan invited us into starting our day in the morning, writing out a prayer. And then at night, speaking that prayer. I hope you guys have been doing that. If not, I'm inviting you into that tonight, and I'm actually going to tweak this a little bit. I didn't even ask him for permission, but hopefully he, he's cool with it. What I say we do, if you haven't already been doing this, is do this. Start with God you are, and thank God for who he is in the first couple sentences. Start with thanking him for who he is. When you pray at other times during the day, spend the first 15 seconds thanking God for who he is, praising God, adoring God. Salt Company, our Father is the God of the universe. Like he, he is the Almighty. He is I am. He is. And we have this close relationship with him. We have, we have the most intimate relationship you could ever possibly get. He's the one true holy God. Nothing is impossible for our Father, you guys. Not, not someone's salvation, not, not like your family strife ending, not your entire campus being turned upside down by the gospel. Nothing is impossible for our God. You guys, who would we be? Who would we be if we spent time in our prayer life first praising God for who he is, Getting, getting stuck on how amazing God is that we can know him as our father. Like, think about that for a minute. Where would you be in a few years if you actually had a prayer life that was, that was most centered on who God is and what he's done for you and how he is your loving father? I think we would be a people that actually just have a great sense of, of peace and contentment a joy that actually can't be robbed, we would be a people who, who love to pray. We would have enjoyment in praying because we came to realize that we don't have to perform. And in remembering who God is, we would, we would be quick to pray. And I think we would be seeking to be holy ourselves. As, as we pray and are shaped by this prayer, my prayer for you is that you would desire Holiness, because that's what honors the Lord. I think we would be doing that out of a desire and a response to what God has done for us. That, that the Father loved us when we were the farthest from Him, when we had nothing to offer Him. He came to us. He sent His Son for us. You guys, we... We had nothing to offer God. Romans 5.8 says, For while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is how God displayed his love for us, that while you were still in your sins, Jesus died for you. That is the love that the Father has. Let's, let's pray to our Father. I want us to respond in worship to who he is and what he's done for us. Pray together.
Father, thank you for just how loving and kind and good you are. Thank you that we can know you, that you have revealed yourself to us. We, we so don't deserve to get to call you Father. We so don't deserve to, to get to share in just the amazing inheritance that you have given us as, as your children. Thank you that you, as a loving Father, deal with the, the messiest part about us, our sin, that you came down and you, you went to the cross for us, Jesus, that you, you accomplished our salvation. You said it is finished. Thank you that we can come to you and accept you. We thank you for just the relationship that we have that's completely based on what you have done for us because we fail every day, God. Teach us to, to love talking with you. Teach us to enjoy being in your presence. Thank you that you will never leave us or forsake us, Father.